0: Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, come on. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. There we go. Now I feel like I'm in church. Good morning, Carl Burrow. Make sure you yell back at me. Uh, Dean's texting me, so, you know, if he says that you're quiet, I'm going to keep going until I make sure you're vocal. Uh, welcome, Carl Burrow. It is great to be uh, streaming into you this morning and, and online. Let's give uh, everyone watching online a big cheer this morning. It is great to have you with us as well. And uh, who's expected for this morning? Let, let's try that again. Who's expected for this morning? Colbara. Who's expected for this morning and online? Make sure you are expected. Um, who's over here? Over fear. Okay, I am over fear. I am sick of hearing about fear. I am sick of reading about fear. And I'm sick of fear trying to get hold of my life. And, you know, we are called. Cool. God didn't give us what? What didn't God give us? A spirit of fear. So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear. If God didn't give us a spirit of fear, I'm on the understanding, then, well, why do I accept fear? Why should we walk in bondage? Why should we walk bound to fear? And so, you know, if you're with us for the first time, um, Kalbara, if you're online for the first time, we have launched a series called what? All I going to yell at this morning. Oh, come on. I know it's cold. Maybe we need to do some star jumps and stuff like that. What about burpees? Let's do burpees. The Olympic Games are on. Everyone should be inspired. Um, What's our series? Over Fear. And our heart and our prayer is in this season, let's not conform to fear. Let's not be overwhelmed with fear. But may we as children, may we as sons and daughters of God, actually walk in freedom this season? May we walk with a sense of peace and a sense of God's goodness, hey? And Kalbara, that is our prayer for you that this season may you find freedom, may you walk with God's peace. And same with online. Our heart and our prayer is that you will encounter God's freedom and goodness. And so last week we looked at, um, so 2 Timothy 1 7, God did not give us a spirit of fear. And so we looked at fear being defined as a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, whether the threat is real, Or imagined. The feeling of condition of being afraid. And so I shared a bit of a, you know, a bit of a heart moment with the church last week about how I was out diving and, uh, weeks before there was a sighting of killer whales, of orca, and there was this moment, I'm out diving all by myself. I'm out on this reef and all of a sudden I start thinking of free Willy. Now, Free Willy is this nice, friendly orca. But then I remember as a kid, you know, when they started to release all the kind of animal horror movies like Jaws and you know, you watch Jaws and you're just too scared to go in the ocean. Um, well, there I remember seeing a video title, come on, it's showing my age here video, VCR title, uh, which was Killer Orcas. And so I'm in this moment, so I'm sharing this real honest moment where fear really overcome me. I'm out in the ocean, diving for lobsters all by myself. Nobody knew where I was. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking of this video title, Killer Orcas. And I just froze. It was this moment of fear where I was paralyzed and I literally couldn't move. And I'm like, David, get yourself together. And I'm, like, looking up at the land and from the, you know, 100 metres I'm out offshore, all of a sudden felt like six, seven kilometres out from shore. And anyway, I pulled it in and I overcame fear. But thanks to Leanne Hansen during the week who posted a photo of a killer whale jumping out of the water and said, hey, David, guess what thing sighted off Cold Barra Beach, killer whales. But what she didn't know was a couple of days later, there were actually reports of southern right whales and a pot of orcas off Point Perk. So thank you for letting me recap this moment of fear and vulnerability. I thought we were meant to be encouraging and empowering each other. So we'll get back on track. So over fear, over fear. And we talked about how when fear comes, fear can paralyze you, doesn't it? Like, fear can come to the point where it can take control of your mind, it can take control of your emotions, and all of a sudden, we are focused, we are fixated on fear. But, God did not give us the spirit of fear. And so I just really believe that, you know, the church, actually, in this season, we need to walk independent and free, of fear. And I believe that freedom, I believe that the life and what we walk in in this season may overflow out of our lives. And may we be a light to those that are walking in fear. May we be a voice of hope and a voice of life for those living in our community, living in our world that are bound by fear. And may we actually just speak truth, May we speak love, and may we just be committed to walking with people and helping people walk out of fear. Amen? Amen, amen, if you're watching online and in Coalborough. So for those that were here, what was last week's message? What was it over fear? What was that? Everyone's got mouthfuls. You know, I I I, I tell my kids not to talk with their mouthful. doesn't work. Yeah. Praise over fear. radio. We're not going to listen to Leanne. We can't understand. We need an interpreter. So praise over fear. Praise over fear is our first weapon in overcoming fear. And we looked at the story of young, handsome David. That's not me. Um, I still think I'm young. Um, it was about David in the Bible and how David overcome Goliath. And we looked at how praise was David's weapon, hey. We looked at in 1 Samuel 17 where David, he hears about, you know, Goliath represented a voice of fear. And such was a voice of fear that it caused an entire nation to stand still. It caused an entire nation to stand paralyzed in fear. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? And here was David saying, are you guys crazy? Don't you remember the God that brought us out of Egypt? Don't you remember the God who parted the Red Seas? Don't you remember the God who supernaturally brought down the walls of Jericho and cleared our enemies from the land? So why are you letting this voice of fear stop and intimidate you? We are children of God. He's clearly not. He's defying the armies of the children of God. So What are we doing? And so David, when he stood up against Goliath, he declared God's praise. He declared God's goodness. And we looked at how, you know, in this season, may our response, our first response to fear be praise. Come on. May our, and we looked at praise is what? It's a verb. What's a verb? A doing word. And so that means that requires us to actually praise. It actually requires us to be vocal. It actually requires us to express our praises to God. And so just from the story out of 1 Samuel chapter 17, we looked at, first of all, there was a faith in David that stirred praise. Secondly, we looked at how David drew praise from his previous battles. He drew praise from his previous testimonies. I killed the lion and the bear. What is this uncircumcised Philistine to, to God? Um, and there was a praise that silenced. You know, David's praise was greater than Goliath's threats of fear and intimidation. And it was David's praise that actually silenced Goliath. And, you know, as I was looking at this, you know, what was it? So David came to Goliath with praise, didn't he? So our response to fear, first of all, needs to be a response of praise. Praise. We're allowed to talk. We're not allowed to sing. We're allowed to talk. with a voice of praise. But, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, he's talking to Samuel. Um, not, He's talking to Saul. And in his conversation with Saul, Saul's like, you know, David, you Just a boy. Like, look at Goliath, this eight foot hairy ball of muscle. He has been trained for you. He'd probably come out of the womb and just took up a spear and a sword. And, you know, just, he trained to fight from a young age, but you've just been out tending sheep. And David said, you know, well, I fought the lion. I fought the bear. You know, what's this man? Like, God's delivered me from the mouth of the lion. He's delivered me from the mouth of the bear. So surely God isn't going to let me down now. God will deliver me out of the hands of this Philistine. And you see, when David came before Goliath, he had complete trust in God. And so David chose trust over fear. David chose to trust God than rather to trust the voice of fear. And I believe that the next thing, the the next, um, I guess the next weapon, the next thing God wants us to get a hold of, if we are to overcome fear, first of all, let's overcome fear with praise, but let's also trust over fear. Because there is something powerful when we place our trust in God, then fear cannot Get to us. Fear cannot overcome us. You know, I look at um, Psalm 23, which we all know so well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in verse 4, he says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will not. Kowara, you will not. Fear no evil. For who's with you? For God is with me. And so David, Psalm 23, wrote this beautiful psalm about how even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I go through seasons of trouble, even though I go through seasons where I feel like fear is trying to grip my heart, is trying to grip my imagination, I will fear no evil For God is with me. I'm placing my trust in God and not in my circumstance. I'm placing my focus on God and not what I'm experiencing right now. Because God will walk me through this. God will lead me through this season. Now, do you know this psalm? It wasn't written by King David. It was written by a young shepherd, David, out in the wilderness while he was Tending to the sheep. Thank you, Beth, for putting, giving me those words. He wrote those words as a young teenager when no one was watching and just because the Lord is my shepherd, he leads me in all seasons. And though I walk through the valley of shade, I will fear no evil. That trust and that relationship in David became testimony, it became a foundation. Uh, it became this point where he was unshakable. Let's have a quick look at Psalm 125, one of the songs of of ascent accent, accents. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken. Say, so cannot be shaken but endures forever. And as a mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surround his people both now and forevermore. Wow. What a promise. Huh? Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. And so there is something powerful when we grab hold of trust. That when we actually place our trust in God, that we will be unshakable. Now, who wants to be unshakable? Kolbara, who wants to be unshakable this morning? Online, who wants to be unshakable? You know, one of the keys to being unshakable is trust, is trust. Those who place his trust in the Lord. You know, but when I think of trust and trusting over fear, sometimes it's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, I, I think one of the areas where I think we get hit most is in the area of relation. When I think of trust, trust is a relational thing. Trust is all about relationship and trust is built when there is strong and solid relationship. And I think one of the areas where we get hit most, one of the areas where I guess we get attacked most is in the area of relationships. And when relationships are attacked, when relationships are hit, trust is broken. I feel like trust is one of the first things that is broken, hey? And I think sometimes too, when you are in the face of fear, it is easier to be focused on the fear than... The relationship, the support network you got around you, and so I was reminded of, um, you know, one of our kids has is a little bit frightened of heights. Let's just say that. And Chriselle's laughing; she knows exactly which child I am talking about. And we were at a park one day, and Ninja Warrior. Come on, who loves Ninja Warrior? We all are a little bit of Ninja. I love Ninja Warrior. And our kids love it. And and so, like, you know, our kids make us set up all obstacles in the house and out of the house for them to do it. And so I think it was, like, after second season of Ninja Warrior, and we went to this park and it had big climbing nets. It had all these things. So the kids were making it a competition. And this one particular child of mine was trying to dominate the whole thing. But then it got to this climbing net. And they're like, you know, in it, they're climbing all the way up, they get to the top. All of a sudden, just paralyzed in fear. I can't get down. Now, I'm literally standing there with my, well, I'm coming out of the camera. I'm literally standing there with my hand going, what? I'm here. I, I'm going to fall. I'm going to do this. All the, all the other kids are climbing up around going, we're winning now. He was literally paralyzed in fear to the point where I am there saying, it is okay. I am here. I'm not. If you fall off, I'm going to catch you. It's not like you're 100 kilos. You're 20 max. I've got you. That's fine. And they were so paralyzed in fear, I literally had to climb up like King Kong, pick him up under my arms, and then climb back down like that to get him off. You know, and it was a lesson. Significant relationship with my child. They know that I've got their back, but in a moment of fear that they, he was, they were so fixated on the circumstance and situation that actually, you know, will dad will get me as if dad's gonna, you know, let me fall off when I'm in this state. And I just want to encourage us this morning that when fear comes knocking, When fear tries to take hold of your life, let's actually not be fixated on fear, but let's actually keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's actually have that trust and that dependence in and on him like, no, fear will not overcome, not going to be stuck. I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear, but I'm going to walk free and I'm going to walk this season with my eyes solely fixed on Jesus. Amen? Amen. So you know the thing that I love about David was this trust and this relationship he had in God. Solomon caught hold of as well. And let's have a look at Proverbs uh, three five to seven, and this is where we're going to hang this morning for for this morning's message. So Proverbs chapter three and five to seven. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation this morning, and this is what Solomon writes. Trust. Say that word with me. Trust. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you Wherever you go, and we'll leave it just there. Other translation says, "Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." You know, and as I read this, um, you know, I thought, "What an amazing verse!" Here, Solomon, the wisest man on earth, the wisest king, said, "Trust in the Lord your God with." All of your heart and lean not on your own opinions. Lean not on your own understanding. And when we trust in the Lord wholly and solely, He will lead us. He will guide us. He will direct us. It's a pretty amazing promise, hey. And, you know, and as I read this, I thought, you know, Solomon here addresses three areas where fear will actually try and get in the way of our relationship. With God, because you know I, I really do believe that there are times, there are seasons where fear will try and um, stop us. Fear will try and paralyze us. Fear will actually try and break our trust and our dependability on God. And, and when we let fear come in and break down trust with God, it actually stops us from moving. We just look at what happened with the children of Israel. Forty years. In the wilderness. Do you know, you actually look at that journey and there is no way that that journey should have taken 40 years. Yes, the wilderness was 100% part of the journey. That was where God, you know, we're going to go through the wilderness. We do. We go through wildernesses in our journey with God. But there is a trust that we can walk in if God's to get us through. And it was the children's distrust of God that actually kept them stuck In the wilderness, and this is sad. God had moved heaven and earth to bring them out of wilderness, uh, out of Egypt. God did the supernatural and parted the Red Sea, caused daylight for them and nighttime for the Egypt. You just read it and it is crazy. It is supernatural. Yet even though God worked all those signs and miracles when they got into the wilderness, They just stopped trusting in God and it kept them stuck. And that entire generation actually missed out on the promises that God had for them. Isn't that sad? And I think, you know, there is a lesson for us as well, that when we do hit seasons of wilderness, let's not stop trusting in God. Let's actually continue to move forward with trust because I tell you what, when we walk through the wilderness, on the other side is promise. When we walk through the wilderness, on the other side is that land of milk and honey. And I tell you what, that is where God wants us. I don't know about you, I don't like the wilderness seasons. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I love the wilderness seasons. They're my favourite to go through. They're horrible, but they're important. And it's in those times and in those seasons we need to continue just to trust in God and let him lead us through it into the land of promise. So here we have three areas, and this is what I want to unpack this morning. And the first thing that Solomon hits on is fear of the unknown. He says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own Understanding. You I think this is a bit of a tricky one. Because I tell you what, when sometimes when God speaks, and he speaks a promise or he speaks your purpose, he begins to speak direction, sometimes that does not match my own understanding. Sometimes when God begins to speak or drops something into my into my spirit, David's mind tries to process what God is saying. David's mind tries to work out, all right. If God's got us going to point Z, how do we fill in that A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs? How do we fill out all the in-betweens? And sometimes there is a fear of stepping into the unknown with God. You know, Kolbara, can you relate with that this morning online? You know, have you had moments in your life where, you know, you, you struggle to trust God into the unknown because sometimes, God doesn't give you all the details, does he? No. And it takes trust that God has got you in this. Sometimes God will speak and it makes no sense at all. And so, you know, we even look at part of our testimony with Chriselle and I and, you, you, uh, you know, our uh, our verse is, and I'm going to say this later, is seek first the kingdom and everything else. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added to it. And then when you, you, you we, we respond in acts of faith, but then when family members or other people in your world that don't have a faith catch hold of your decision, they're like, why are you doing that for? That is financial suicide. Why are you doing that for? You've got a family to look after now. That's not responsible. And then you begin to question, don't you? Because I'm about to step into an unknown place with God in faith, and then I've got these other voices of reason, which, when I'm honest, it what they're saying matches my own understanding. And, and then there's all of a sudden, it, God, did you really say that? Oh, God, I don't know. Maybe I will give you this area of my life. Maybe I'll just dabble my toes over in this season a little bit and if it feels good, then I'll bring my other foot in and I'll completely, completely step in. it. You know, our own understanding, our own thinking sometimes can be our greatest nightmare. And here's Solomon saying, you know, the first thing that will want to hinder us from walking free of fear, that will actually stop us from stepping into promise is, you know, fear of the unknown. You know, and there's a wrestle about detail. And when I think about, you know, Peter walking on water to Jesus, that's a pretty big thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I've joked around before. I think the closest I've ever gone to walking on water is when I've been diving and I've seen a shark or when the killer orcas were coming after me. And as soon as I composed myself, I was quickly out of that water, and that's probably the closest I've been to walk. But when you think about, come on, let's think about the understanding. Let's process our knowledge base. Jesus is walking on water towards the disciples on the boat. The other disciples are freaking out, which I'm going to be honest, I would be in that. You know, I'm in a storm. I'm in winds like this outside. You know, Joey would understand what the ocean gets like being a fisherman. And here's Peter, just like, I've got this. I'm the favorite. This Not you, John. I'm the favorite disciple. Jesus, if that is you, let me walk on water to you. And I love Jesus' response. I said, Peter, that's just silly. Gee, Peter, I'm the son of God, not you. I'm the one that does the miracles, not you. When people are going to read this story, they don't want to read about you, Peter. They want to read about me. Jesus didn't say that, did he? He didn't break it down. He says, all right, Peter, come on. Come on, water with me. <laughs> and I'm processing this, right? My understanding of physics, my understanding of just the laws of nature that let's God spoke these laws. David didn't create gravity. David didn't create all of these things. No, God spoke these things into being. We weren't meant to walk on water. It's for the fish and for the sharks and for the killer orcas. You know, here Jesus says, all right, let's do something supernatural together. Peter, come out in water. And we read Peter didn't hesitate. I, I love this. Peter's like... All right, guys, watch this. And I have no idea what was in mind. He just jumps up on water and he just starts marching on water. His eyes were fixed on Jesus. But as soon as he started to, like, the realisation of what was happening, he's like, this is really happening. He's like... Back to the disciples, I reckon as he was back to sort of brag to the disciples in what was happening, he caught, you know, he caught we, um, eyes of these 60-foot waves coming at them, just a bit of, um, you know, exaggeration there. He caught um eye of the storm. He caught eye of the white-capped waves that were coming in. And then Peter's mind actually began to process what was going on. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, it says he began to sink. But as he began to sink, Jesus reached out and Peter's eyes were fixed on Jesus again and he raised him back up and then walked with Peter back onto the boat. You know, we, we read that and we think, you know, Peter had great faith. Yes, he did. But the thing that was in Peter is he had complete trust in who Jesus was. He had complete trust that if Jesus is calling me out in the water, then Jesus isn't going to let me sink because I know Jesus. I've walked day in and day out with Jesus, and I know that everything Jesus says, he does. And so if Jesus says, Peter, come and walk on the water, then I'm going to jump out of that boat. I'm going to walk in the unknown with you, Jesus. And I just think, I think there is a call for us. There is a call for you watching online. There's a call for all of us. Let's get out of the boat. Let's get out of what is safe. And actually, Jesus, where do you want me to walk with you in this season? What is the unknown? What is it supernatural that's going to take me to keep my eyes on you? Because if I take these steps and my eyes aren't on you, If I take these steps and I'm just leaning on my own understanding, then I'm going to sink. But I know if I fix my eyes on you and I walk with you, then we're going to do some pretty amazing things together. So the first thing is fear of the unknown. I just really believe that there is a place of breakthrough. I really believe that there is a place of miracles that Jesus wants us to walk in. And I just believe it is time for us as a church to let go of fear. It is time for us as sons and daughters to let go of fear and actually fix our eyes on Jesus just like Peter did and walk in the supernatural, walk in the realm of miracles, walk in the place where we're walking with Jesus. Come on, let's step out of what is safe. Let's step out of what is known and actually tap in, all right, Where is it you want me to go? Where is it you want me to move this season? Amen? The next thing he says in verse B, he goes, With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Say every decision. He will lead you in every decision you make, and uh you know this is another big one because Solomon here addresses our fear of the future, and I just think at the moment that is a relevant that is a relevant issue that is coming up against there is fear of the future let let's be there, there is fear of the world as we know it is looking different. the world as we know it is changing. You know, I think of even, um, you know, Dean Naylor has talked about, uh, he heard this quote, and leading a church of 2019 to leading a church in 2021 is completely different. Who would have thought that we would have months where we couldn't meet together as a church? Who would have thought that we'd come into church and we weren't allowed to sing? You know, the 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 face, the world is looking very different. And when I talk to people, There is a fear of the future. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody, um, part of an older generation. They're like, I just feel sorry for the kids. And I'm like, well, I don't need to fear in the future because I know my God is with my kids. I know my God is with all generations. When God introduces himself, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God presents himself as a God of generations. And so if God is with the Abraham generation, if God is with the Isaac generation and God is with the Jacob generation, then I've got the assurance that God is with my kids. God is with the younger generation. And so I don't have to fear for the future for them because my God is with them. But I tell you what, there is a fear that is gripping society. There is fear of the future. God wants us to walk free of that. God wants us to walk in trust with him. You know, it may look grim. It may look different. We may look at going, I don't know when this is going to pass pass over or end. But what I do know is my God is bigger than Corona. (laughs) What I do know is my God is bigger than anything society can throw. And so what am I going to put my trust in? I choose to put my trust in God. I choose to put my trust in the God that says, I know the plans and the future that I have towards you. Plans of a hope and plans of a what? A future. And so if my God says that, and if my God says that he's a God that cannot lie or go back on his word then I'm going to put my trust that, no, there is a future for me. There is a future for you. There is a future for our kids. So I'm not going to let fear cripple me in this season. I'm not going to hide under a rock and just wait for this to pass by. No. I'm going to walk in confidence. I'm going to walk called. I'm going to walk with my trust in God, believing that God has got something in this. And you know the interesting thing about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, It was written for the children of captivity. Come on. This promise was written for the exiles. This promise was written for those that were carried away into slavery. I think that's pretty amazing that it wasn't written in a time where they were prospering. It wasn't quoted in a time where everything was great. No in a place of captivity, in a place where their future felt grim and gone, God says, no, I have a plan. I have a future for you. And I just want to speak and declare that over us this morning. I want to declare it over you online, that God has a plan. God has a future for you. Kyle God has a plan. He has a future. God has a plan and he has a future for us. God has a plan not just for us, but he has a plan and a future for our community. He has a plan and a future for our region. He has a plan and a future for our families. Matthew 6, uh, 33 to 34. and I'm going to quickly read this. Matthew 33 to 34 says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom, the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, But deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Pretty amazing, hey? Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. Do not worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. So church, come on, let's trust in God. Let's trust our futures into God's hands. And as we do tomorrow will take care of itself. But I'm going to walk with trust. I'm going to walk with dependability on God. He hasn't let me down now, so he's not, not about to do it now or tomorrow. So the last thing Solomon says is there is a fear of trust itself. So let's go back to Proverbs 3 and verse 7, 6. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. And he says, don't think for a moment that you know it all. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. You know, I, I want to be led by God wherever I go. I want to be led by God in every season. You know, I don't want to, for one moment, think that I know better than God. And let's be honest, I've had moments where I thought I've known better than God. No, Confessions of a Pastor 101, Confession number 56, David sometimes thinks he knows better than God. All right, there we go. I feel better now. I've I've confessed to the church my shortcomings. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. I think one of the biggest things that comes up against us is trust because we've all experienced disappointments. Come on, let's be honest. We've had disappointments in God. We've had the moments where, God, but I thought, you, God, you said this, and it didn't happen. God, I really prayed and I believed for this, but it never worked out. And so straight away, sometimes we let our past disappointments, we let our past hurts with God actually stop us from I don't know if I actually want to believe it I don't know if I want to take these steps again let's think about relationships we've all been hurt in relationships we've all experienced broken relationships and straight away when broken we've been offended we've been hurt when our relationships are attacked what is the first wall you put up trust It's like I'm putting up walls, so I'm going to guard my heart. I'm hurt by you. I'm disappointed in you. And so therefore, my trust in you, that has been broken. You see, trust. If if you just met me and I said, hey, guys, let's go on this crazy adventure together. You know, let's go and climb the castle. Why not? And you're like, David, have you climbed the castle or not? Let's just do it. You're not going to trust me. You're like, I don't know, Dave. I'm actually going to trust someone that has done it a lot of times and that knows the path. I'm going to trust Vic Garket. We've done that before. We trusted Vic Garket and we got up and down in one piece. I can testify to that. He'll love it. But if you got to know me, and over a period of time and you're like, you know what, actually Dave has had experience in this and yeah, we will trust you. You will lead us there. You know, trust is built over time. When you think about relationships, trust is built over time. Once you get begin to know the heart of a person, you begin to know the integrity of a person, you begin to know the love and the genuineness of a person, that is where then you begin to build trust. And so it is like that with God. You know, Solomon says, become intimate with him in whatever you do. Trust is a relationship. It's a matter of the heart. And so if we are to overcome fear, just like David did, then there's got to be a place in our relationship that we go to him. There's got to be a place in the Bible, a place in the Word, a place in our prayer, a place in our worship, a place in our prayer, a place in our conversations with him that we go to. So like David, when fear is standing before us, fear is intimidating us, fear is paralyzing us, that we're able to look fear in the eye and say, no, I have complete trust, I have complete confidence in my God, because I've heard his voice in the quiet place. have read his word and I know what he says. I've had wilderness prayers answered. I've seen his goodness in my life. I know in the past, and I felt like I had a Goliath, but it's actually just a lion and a bear, just a lion and just a bear. I actually broke through. God actually delivered me from the mouth of the lion, from the paws of the bear. How did David know that? He sat in the places where no one was watching with his heart. the original stairway to heaven. Writing Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God leads me in every season, and though I walk through seasons where valleys feel like death, I'll see no evil, for God is with me. This morning, God is with you. Come on. God is with you. He is guiding you. He is leading you. And I just feel this is a season for us to actually come into a place of intimacy with him. It's actually a season for us. I can't make you. It's a season between you and God where you actually step into a place of devotion. You come into a place of reading his word. You come back into a place of prayer. Come back into a place of praise. Come back into a place of worship. Why did Peter step out of the boat and walk towards Jesus? It was trust. Peter chose trust over fear. And sure, there are moments where we, for a second, take our eyes off Jesus. That's okay. Jesus is with us. He is there. As soon as that happens, he's like, reach up. Come on. Come on. Up you get. You're right. You had a moment. David moments are okay don't need to beat yourself up over a David moment. You can call them David moments if you want. Let's come into a place of trust. I just really believe for us, let's in this season choose trust over fear. Our trust is built in the intimate places. It's built in the places where we hear God's voice afresh. It's built in the places where we read his word and and know what his word says. It is built in the place where we choose to praise rather than fear. When our world is saying, you know, don't praise, keep your eyes where you are, we actually choose to lift our eyes to the creator of the universe and we let a roar come out of our lives and we choose praise. It is Moments where, like David, we 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 retreat uh, into those quiet places, and we just let worship overtake our hearts. It is time for us to actually rise out of fear. I'm over fear. Who's over fear? Kolbara, are you over fear this morning? I am sick of it. And so this season, I'm going to choose trust over fear. This season, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, and I know everything else will be added. Amen? So, you know, even just practically over um, over August, uh, and this is, I'm going to say the Christian F word here, um, fasting. I know, everyone's blocking their ears. Do not say that word. What did you say? I'm offended. You said the Christian F-word, fasting. Over the month of August, uh we as a church join the other churches of Acts Global Church and we fast. And I and we pray for our towns, we pray for our communities. More importantly, we join together as a movement and we pray for our nation. Our need our nation needs prayer. Our nation needs deliverance from fear. And I just want to encourage you, you know, what is fasting? Fasting is actually, it's giving something up. It can be food. It can be, you know, limiting your diet, whatever it is, you know, that's between you and God. But, you know, when we fast and when we lay something down, what that does is actually creates a mindfulness. Every time I sit there and, you know, Chriselle will cook bacon right in the middle of the fast and I just give her the glare, straight away I'm not – I'm like, this is why I'm doing it, and I'm mindfulness of God, I'm mindfulness of Jesus. After a couple of words to what Chriselle is cooking in the kitchen, and I just really believe for us as a church, this actually come into a place of fasting. Do you need breakthrough for your family? Do you need breakthrough for your life? Actually, over the next uh, over the 21 days of August, I want to encourage you. Ask God, God, what is it I can fast? Whether it's a meal, whether it's ask God. I'm happy to to talk about what, you know, what fasting is if you want a better understanding of it. But I just really feel that over the next 21 days, let's actually set August aside together as a church to really seek after God. Let's seek after God for revival for our community. Let's seek after God for revival for our region. Let's seek after God for revival for our nation. And let's see the voice of fear. Yeah, the battery's dead. Okay. Um let's um actually seek after God in ways that we haven't seeked after him before. And let's actually believe that God is going to move. Amen. So I wanna pray. I wanna pray. I think I'm still coming through audio to Kalbarra and online. Um the battery's dead uh on the camera, so and that's my fault because I didn't order the right charges. So yeah, I know. I know, but you can still hear me. I still love you all. Um, So I want to pray. And I really do believe that trust is an area. It's a personal area. It's an area that can be abused. It's an area that can really be hit and attacked. And, you know, I just might get perno. If you can just play guitar for me, please, Ryan. And I just want to pray into that. And I want to pray for those Uh You know, I feel like they struggle in the area of trust or have had hurt or disappointment or pain. I really believe this morning that God is actually wanting to bring healing into that area, that God actually wants to bring some healing in that area of trust. And if there are broken relationships, then may God restore. May God actually bring some forgiveness into those areas because it is easy to hold on to the anger, you know, we can be angry with God, we can be angry with other people. It's easy to be disappointed with God, and it's easy to be disappointed and hurt by people. And, um, you know, I was uh, reading a book during the week, it's called um, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And he talks about the greatest commandment, which is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. The second is love Others as you love him, and then Chriselle heard a message during a week. And we'll talk. I was talking about how great this was because quite often we're all about Jesus. We're all about seeking God, and in the process, we're pushing people aside to come to the Father. We're pushing people aside to actually worship God. And then Chriselle heard this message from Shao, and was it Sam Monk? was talking about the same thing. He goes, how many people do we trample? How many people do we step over to get to Jesus? But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't step over people to get to the Father. He stopped. It didn't matter what people's need. He stopped and he loved and he took time. And I think sometimes our focus is solely on love the Lord your God. Loving people is optional. No, they're not actually two separate commandments. They're commandments that are together. It's a together commandment. How can we love and say we love Jesus when we don't trust and we don't love people? And I just think there's something. We've got to come back to that place of relationship. We've got to come back to that place of relationship with Jesus. But if we've got that with Jesus and we've got to have that with people, and I just think it's time for us. Come on, let's let God heal some of the wounds. Let's let God heal some of the disappointments. So if I can just get every eye closed, Barra, if I can just get every eye closed and online, please join us. And if that is you, you feel like that trust has just been an area, you know, I just feel like sometimes trust, it can be abused. And I actually feel this morning that God is just wanting to bring healing into that area. And if you need prayer, this morning, I just want you to lift your hands. Say, so, God, I know I need healing in the area of trust. I feel like that trust has been broken. I feel like trust has been attacked. You know, online, just, you know, just type amen. Just, you know, agree with me this morning as we pray. Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. Jesus, I just thank you. That you are the same yesterday, that you're the same today, and you're the same tomorrow. And I just thank you that you are with us. I just thank you, Jesus, for the cross, and I thank you for the resurrection. I thank you, Jesus, that in your blood there is healing. There is restoration. And I just pray now for every person where the area of trust has been attacked. And I just pray right now that, Jesus, that there would be healing. I pray right now that there would be restoration. I pray right now where people, there's been like, I just see... Um, you know wounds and i just see some wounds still gaping and i just see this morning that that the holy spirit is actually bringing some healing to those wounds that no longer will those wounds fester no longer will those wounds be open and passy but i just see him just stitching those wounds of flesh. yes it will leave a scar but the scar will be a story of god's goodness the scar will be a story of god's great love and healing and i just pray now Holy Spirit, just move. Holy Spirit, bring restoration. Holy Spirit, bring healing. Holy Spirit, may trust. Be our testimony in this season. I pray, may we be a people that seek first the kingdom. May we be a people who not only love you, but love others fiercely. We just honor you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna hand it back over to Sally. And um, you know, we'll say goodbye to Colbara, we'll say bye to you online. Uh thank you for coming in, tuning in. And like we said, if there's any prayer request, you know, please message us and we will be praying for you.